The coffee world is very snooty, very foo-foo. And here I am, this girl from North New Jersey told myself, I want to you know, learn more about coffee. And they're like, no. And a lot of people didn't want to work with me. A lot of people never answered my emails. A lot of them told me they didn't teach or whatever the case may be. And it was very, very, very difficult. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Soa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 81 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Kalisha Fly Carmichael. Fly is the founder and CEO of Boss Blend Coffee. As an Afro-Latina with Cuban roots, coffee has always been a part of Fly's story. After years of visiting New York coffee shops, she found herself feeling out of place. This feeling inspired her to dream of opening her own, more inclusive coffee shop. Step one for her was creating her own coffee blend. My first thousand dollars was with the most ugliest coffee bags in the world. Ugly. It was ugly. But when people believe in you and they believe in what you're doing, they'll buy it. So now, two years later, yeah, now I was able to pay someone to go ahead and design it. So it's all about timing and just showing yourself grace. And once you grow, you start to, to outsource because I'm not a graphic designer. During our conversation, Fly shares why she felt the need to leave corporate America after a 10-year career. She also shares how her personal brand sparked the growth of her business, her experience as a solopreneur, and much more. Before we hear the rest of Fly's episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Fly's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off script with the founder and CEO of Boss Blend Coffee, Fly Carmichael. Fly Carmichael, welcome to She's Off Script. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited. We were just talking about how I have never come across a woman in the coffee business. So I'm very excited to get into your story. But for any of our listeners who haven't heard of you, could you share who you are and what you do? Yes. I am, Lord, this is always such a tricky question. <laughs> I like to call myself a creative entrepreneur because not only do I have a product-based business, I also am a content creator. All in all, in a nutshell, creative entrepreneur and a mom of three. So how did you find yourself in the coffee business? So I landed in coffee. It's very interesting because I always had such a deep relationship with coffee just growing up, you know, Afro-Cuban and like having it be part of my culture and just seeing how it shaped everything in my mm -hmm. household. Um, but then as I started becoming uh, more into entrepreneurship, like doing podcasts and doing YouTube and going to these cafes in New York, I noticed like there wasn't any representation of black or brown people in these coffee shops. So um, I always said like, I want to open up a cafe one day. And this has been years. Like everybody who knows me personally know that all I ever said was, I want to open up a coffee shop. It never was. I want to go to college. I want to be a nurse. I want to be, it's like, I want to open up a coffee shop to create a space for black people. Um, but how I landed doing boss blend was so, cause I never thought of having like craft coffee business. It was more of just a cafe. And like, I just didn't know how to get into it. It's a white male dominated industry. Mm -hmm. um, so 
one of my friends, one of my partners at the time, had came back from New Orleans and she brought me a coffee that was in an indie brand. And it was called Wake the Fuck Up Coffee. And at that time, I was already in the process, this was 2018. I was in the process of, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a subscription service. But I just didn't know, like, okay, where do I source the beans? Who do I talk to? Like, how do I roast? How much is a roaster? Like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. She brought this bag home. And for some reason, that bag inspired me. Because I'm like, this is an indie brand. Who knows who created this? But they they did it. It's not a Folgers. It's not a Maxwell. It's not Starbucks. And they did it. And instantly, it just like put a fire under my ass. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to launch a, a, I'm just going to create my own blends. So, um, I started doing my Googles. I did my research. I found, you know, a roaster and, uh, that will work with me and show me and teach me. And that was like so pivotal because it was like, I want to also learn because when I open up my own, I want to have my own mm-hmm. roastery. So it's like, they were able to teach me so many things and, you know, show me more about the science of coffee. So I got a whole bunch of beans after they roasted it, brought it home, and I started creating blends in my kitchen. I did hear that it took you a while to find a roaster that would actually work with you. So given that the industry is used to working with a specific demographic, could you talk to us about the process of actually finding a roaster that would build a relationship with you? That was the hardest thing because I feel, well, for me, my experience was they, their question was like, what, like, why do you, uh, like, they just didn't take me seriously Mm -hmm. because I have like the coffee world is very snooty. It's very, you know, it's very like, you know, foo-foo. And here I am, you know, Mm -hmm. this girl from North New Jersey talking about, oh, coffee and they're like no a lot of people didn't want to work with me a lot of people didn't never answer my emails a lot of them told me they didn't do you know um they didn't teach or whatever the case may be and it was very 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 difficult and also i know for a fact it was because i was a woman a Mm. black woman at that because again it's like why why do you want to get a piece of this pie even though like coffee is a very black thing you know and it's like we should be in that industry. We should be represented in that industry. Um, and it was just, it, it gave me more of a drive to go ahead and be like, and also I'm like, I literally cannot think of one woman that looks like me in the coffee world at all. Not one. Same, so, same. <laughs> so, so that's what started my journey. And that's what really gave me the push to do it. And here we are almost two years later. So two to three years of research, of figuring yeah. out the roasters, of figuring out the blend that you were going to eventually create. Correct. At a certain point, you decided to leave your management position at H&M. So what finally gave you that kick where you thought, I'm going to do this? Girl, you did your research? <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it was very difficult. It was very, very difficult. You know, um, I have three kids and Mm -hmm. it was scary because I'm like, it's, I got to ride this whole thing out because I have children that I have to take care of. I'm a single mom and I have bills to pay at the end of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would never forget that gut feeling because I feel like when you're in alignment and when something feels like it is your calling, and it's not, and to me, it's just so much bigger than coffee. It's more of like 
showing other Black women that you can do anything you want to do. Mm-hmm, that it's possible. It is. It's possible. So it was just that gut feeling of like, you need to do it now. I was just, I remember going into work and like putting in my notice and it was so crazy because I was there for 10 years Mm. And it was scary, but, you know, I'm glad that I did it because I've been able to do some really extraordinary things and, you know, I'm still going. I'm still going. A lot of women I talk to feel like for some reason or another, their upward mobility is limited in corporate America. We had Megan Ward, who owns Femology out in Detroit on the show, and she recently posted about how a lot of people labeled her as simply entry level and didn't seem to give her the opportunity to show what she could do. And it took her going out on her own to start her company to really show the world that I'm a boss. I'm a CEO. Look what look what I could do. Yeah. Did you feel that there was any of that dynamic for you within your 10 year tenure um, where you felt like you were limited as far as the growth? A hundred percent. I feel like, you know, one thing that my dad, because I saw entrepreneurship through my father. Mm-hmm. And one day my father, one thing my father always told me is that when you're working for other people, have a cap on how far you can go and how much you can make. And, you know, I felt that I was no longer growing. Mm-hmm. I was already maxed out in my salary. And to me, it felt like, who are you to tell me that I'm maxed out? blew my mind because I knew that I can bring so much to that brand. I know it changed so much since I've left, but I knew that company in and out and I opened up so many stores for that company. And it was just like, who are you to tell me that I'm maxed out? Who are Mm -hmm. you to tell me that this is it? Like, this is all I can do that, you know, and that is very much, I feel how it is when you're working for other people, especially Mm -hmm. when you're working in a predominantly white company or, you know, there's a Swedish company and they don't really value you. They don't really value what you bring only to a certain extent, because once you start to outsmart or outperform or are able to see the trends before them, you become a threat. So they keep you at a certain level so mm. you can't surpass them. So it was a lot with that. And it's true. Like a lot of times when you're working for other people, you're working for these companies, it's like, they keep you at a certain level so they can control you, essentially. Mm. Um, and I knew like my calling was way bigger than that. And I'm like, I gave you guys 10 years. I cannot give you 10 more years. Ooh, so you put in your notice. Yes. But eventually had to go back to corporate. So talk to us about that in-between period. Oh, fear. Mm. Fear. You know, and I, I feel like in the entrepreneur game, It's a mindset game. You have to be able to really work on your mindset, really believe in yourself because what you, what you focus on, you create more of. So Mm -hmm. if you focus on the fear, if you focus on lack mentality, I was super scared. You know, it was to a point where, you know, not every month you make money. Not every month mm-hmm. you make sales. So it was at a point where I'm like, I started to freak out because I'm like, oh my God, like the sales are slowing up. My mortgage is still due. You know, you're a single mom of three kids. I'm a single mom of three kids. So a lot of things started to started to click and it mm-hmm. started to overwhelm me. So I started to look at my circumstance. I'm like, I gotta get a job. Mm-hmm. I have 
have to because there's no way like I, I've been evicted before. I've been kicked out of my apartments before. I've been there. So I was like, I can't go back to that. I cannot. Mm-hmm. So I went back to work. And it really bruised me a little bit because I felt like I failed. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mindset at the time was I'd rather fail me than fail these kids. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. You got to set your priorities. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? If I have to work nine to five and then work on my business five to nine, so be it. If you had to do it again, would you have left H&M rather than side hustle at first? I would have. I wouldn't change anything because it taught me so much about who I am mm. and it and it and it exposed my fears. It exposed mm what I really believed in, how, I, how much I really believed in myself. Um, it exposed how comfortable I actually was. It just exposed so much. So I would not change a thing um, because going through those stages and those different emotions helped me grow just as a human, you know? So I, was, I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. But I will give advice to up and coming entrepreneurs to not feel pressured to leave your job. That's good advice. Yeah. Stay the course. And I know that Instagram makes entrepreneurship looks really jazzy and fun. And while we're building our businesses, you know, we still have to sustain our life. But I think it's all about mindset and knowing like, okay, this job is temporary. This job is literally financing the side hustle. Mm-hmm. So you launched and day one, you made $1,000 in sales. Yeah. Talk to me about the value of having a personal brand Woo. and making that happen. Woo. Let me tell you, I am an avid believer in personal branding. Um, people buy from people they know and trust. So mm-hmm. I was super, I was actually in shock. I couldn't believe it. Cause I'm like, I truly believe in showing the process. I'm truly, um, believe in being transparent about, you know, what it is that you're trying to do and in the struggles and the wins. Um, and people felt like they knew who I was from the podcast, mm. from my Instagram stories. So when I launched the coffee and also it was a part of my lifestyle, they knew me to always drink coffee. So when I launched the coffee business, it just made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super important to build a personal brand. Um, and that's not even just because you want to be an entrepreneur. If you want to be a speaker, if you want to do podcasting, if you want to, you know, if people feel like they know you and trust you, mm-hmm. you can sell them air and they'll be like, oh, I'll buy it. This is where a lot of people get tripped up with the idea of building a personal brand. While they're in corporate, they don't want to put themselves out in that way. Yet, once you've transitioned into entrepreneurship and you want to now have sales, you want people to know, like, and trust you, if you're starting from zero as far as a personal brand goes, your climb is that much harder. A hundred percent. And for me, it was, it was tricky. You know, a lot of Mm -hmm. people when I was working, didn't know, like they knew that I did certain things because I would rush out of work to go to New York or, you know, they always say like, Oh, you know, Kalisha, you got, you know, cause at work, they, you know, they don't know me as fly. 
you're Kalisha at work, (laughs) your government name. Right. So they're like, you're always on the go. Like, where are you going? You know, I'm like, I have a life outside of work, but really I was going to be on a panel. I was going to speak or I was going to, you know, do any, you know, network. Um, but I, I feel like it's, a, it's, you have to be strategic about how you do personal branding for me. You know, people know I'm a mom of three, but I don't show my children all the time because I feel like they didn't sign up for this. I did. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't really show, you know, my kids all the time. Once in a while, you'll see a sneak peek, but a sneak peek, but I didn't, you know, that's not part of my branding. It's like, you know, I'm a mom, but I'm not going to have my kids all up the camera. They didn't sign up for that. Mm-hmm. I did. So it's like, you have to be careful about and intentional about what you share. And a lot of people, you know, they are in these very high corporate ladder jobs and they want to do a side hustle and they know they have to do a personal brand, but they're afraid that someone is going to see them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just feel like if you're passionate about what you're doing, you believe in what you're doing, like whoever sees what you're like, you shouldn't care because at the end of the day, you're trying to pivot from that anyway and go Mm -hmm. your business. So, you know, as long as you know, you're not out here on, on a stripper pole, you know, <laughs> I don't right? With, within reason, within reason. <laughs> you know, I don't knock the stripper pole. Get your money, girl. But I'm just saying, you know. So now you've launched. You have the momentum of the personal brand you already had in place, as far as having been on YouTube for a while yeah. and having a podcast. How did you structure the company? Because day one, you opened, you didn't truly have everything together, right? You, you were just dipping your toe in and you're like, oh man, people actually bought. And now I got to get my act together. So what did the behind the scenes setup look like? It was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. I had to really clean up my act super quickly because it's like, after I launched, it was like $1,000 in sales. And then after that, it felt like I was doing culture con in New York. And then after that I was doing essence. And then after that, it was just so much so quickly. And I was doing like little, little other, um, not little because everything added up to, you know, what it is today, but I was just doing like, mm. people will say, Oh, I'm having a workshop. Can you sponsor the coffee? Oh, I'm, and it's like, Oh snap. I have to get this together because mm-hmm. first of all, you know, I'm not really at admin driven. You know, I'm mm-hmm. very like in the, in the thick of it, get dirty, get the work done. So to sit down at a laptop and like do the back end of, I created my own website. I did all that on my own. It took me, I did not sleep. I would say the first year of launching Boston, I did not sleep. Mm. I didn't sleep. Like I can imagine that. Because you were working a corporate job, you have three kids, and then running this business that everybody's wowed by already. Uh huh. It it was it was it was intense. And after our one year anniversary, I was like, before our one year, like eight months in, um, I worked eight months after launching steady every single day on the business. Not one day did I not work on the business, and I had to take a whole month off of the business because I was like, I was like, I can't do this. It's too much. Mm, I don't know what I signed mm, up for. Mm. Okay. Um, mm. <laughs> so, How did your customers react to that break? You know, because when so you're funny. a one woman show, you're it. Hello? And, you know, and I was transparent. 
that's that's where that personal branding comes in because I I jumped on stories for Instagram and I said, listen, I'm taking a month break. I don't even think I even Instagram. I didn't do Instagram. I didn't do anything. I literally mm-hmm. just focused on myself, focused on my kids. I felt like eight months passed by and they all got big. They all needed new clothes. They were tall. You know, it was so much going on. And I'm very transparent, even still today, that it's just me. Mm-hmm. It's just me. And um, I do the best that I can. And I'm very blessed because I have an audience that rocks with me in a way. They're like, we're not going nowhere. We'll be right here when you come back. Oh, man. And that means that you have authentically built in yeah. a relationship and they are willing to give you that grace. That just speaks volumes about the way you've gone about building your audience. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. So I'm, I'm blessed for that because, you know, honestly, Black folks can be very tough on Black businesses. Hello. Say that again. <laughs> we are tough on each other. And sometimes it's deserved. Correct. I, I, was, I feel like I've been having this conversation a lot lately. Like I literally was just having this conversation about how sometimes we want to take shortcuts mm-hmm. and, oh, this is terrible. But <laughs> I was talking to somebody and I, I had put two brands side by side and the person was like, yeah, that one's the black one, right? How is it that visible? Right. I think sometimes we do take unnecessary shortcuts. You got to put in the work. The people that you see excelling are excelling for a reason. They have put in actual work. So little tangent there, but I I will let you go on. A hundred percent. And, you know, and I feel like, you know, a lot of, a lot of us, you know, we have these businesses and the customer service is not there, you know, um, you know, it's just a lot of little things that I've experienced too with even like the big black brands and you're like, you have all these followers, you have these celebrities wearing your stuff, but I'm still waiting for my t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's been mm-hmm. three months. Ooh, no communication, no nothing. No communi- nothing. So, you know, and again, I get it. Like you get wrapped up sometimes, you know, you know, things happen. You know, I have, I've had customer complaints too, but I make it right immediately. You know, I have customers mm-hmm. who I never got my package. I'll, oh, you didn't get your package? I'm not asking any questions. I'm sending you another one. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. going to question you. Oh, are you sure? Did you pick it up? What happened? No, no. You didn't get it? Oh, yeah? No problem. Oh, your bag is broken? No problem. Oh, so you just have to make it right. It's all about, mm-hmm. we need to remember that at the end of the day, we are entrepreneurs and we may not have someone over us, but our customers are our boss at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Because they will make them, or break is, you. Yeah, without them, there's no business. So that's my tangent because these people, they out here just doing whatever. What were we even talking about? Because we went <laughs> off on a very <laughs> we went off on a very good tangent. At this point in time, so you had worked on the behind the scenes, you put together a website, you put together processes figured out what your um, vendor distribution relationships were going to look like. Did you hire someone for your packaging and your logo and your branding? Cause it looks good. Thank you. Um, so the branding that you see today is mm-hmm. very new. Um, I did hire uh, a brand designer, black woman, Savon Anderson. 
um, and she killed my packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple of packagings that I've had, that was me and Canva girl. Me and Canva, mm. you know, you gotta I'm start very, somewhere. You have to start somewhere, and I feel like a lot of times we don't start because we feel like we don't have the money. We have the idea, you know, we have the passion, but we don't have the funding, so we don't start. And for me, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna get on this freecanva.com, and I'm gonna mock up some stuff, and I'm gonna get my product selling. So my first thousand dollars was with the most ugliest coffee bags in the world. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. ugly. But when people believe in you and they believe in what you're doing, they'll buy it. So now, two years later, yeah, now I was able to pay someone to go ahead mm-hmm. and design it and do all these things. So it, it's all about timing and just showing yourself grace. And once you grow, you start to, to outsource because I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not a mm-hmm. designer. That's not- that's not and that was my next question to you. At what point from a revenue perspective did you feel comfortable starting to outsource? That's a great question. Um this year at the beginning like at the end of 2019 December I'm like okay it's about to be 2020 mm-hmm. like you have to elevate your packaging because now I'm in a world where I'm, I know how important branding is when we look at Apple, mm-hmm. when we look, I mean, to me, I think Apple is just genius on how they brand. And I, you know, and I always look at things in that way. I'm like, okay, so we have this phone, like, what is so great about this phone? What, mm-hmm. like, what we buy into is the branding. So I'm like, okay, yep. I have to, ele- I have to elevate this branding. So I'm like, I don't care what I got to do. So I start saving my little pennies, you know? And I'm like, this is my budget. This is my budget. Um, And I just started asking around, started asking all my other entrepreneur friends, like, hey, do you know anybody who do packaging? Preferably a black woman, because I'd rather put my money into a black woman's pocket. Because Mm -hmm. why not? Like, I don't need these big other brands, design brands don't need my money. Mm -hmm. So I... Somebody referred me, actually, my friend Kim from Territory Soaps um, recommended me to Savon and we met up and I gave her some, I mind you, like, she didn't have anything really to show me of what she's done. So mm. I, I, I simply went off the recommendation and her energy and how mm. organized she was. And when she showed me my packaging at the end, it was like a good seven week process. I started crying. Oh, wow. That's how you know. I started crying and I told her she needs to charge more because she absolutely charged me too, too cheap. You're like, after you charge me, start charging me. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. After you charge me, girl, you're going to go ahead and upcharge because you definitely undercharge. I'm going to go ahead and pay this. Mm-hmm. So you definitely, you definitely undercharged me. So, and and I've had such an amazing response to the packaging as well. So, you know, um, um, yeah, so this year, you know, I was like, I have to go ahead and, 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 and level up. I know you said you had a lot of people reaching out to you, asking you to sponsor their events and things of that nature. I think sometimes the perspective we have of the success of our brand from social media may not align to the cents and dollars that are actually in their bank accounts. And so... 
how much of the social media hype do you think actually aligns to reality for where you are as a business right now? No, it doesn't align. People think that I make a lot of money. (laughs) It doesn't align. It doesn't align. People think um, that I'm out here rolling in the dough and I'm not like, you know, am I okay? Yeah, I'm okay. But what people need to understand is that what we show is a highlight reel. We show mm-hmm. the good moments. We show, you know, we show it's just to inspire. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But meanwhile, while I'm in here, like just now before I got on the call with you, I had to go ahead. Like my mom is here. I'm like, mom, you got to keep Mackenzie in one room, Maxwell in another, the dog in the garage. Something is too much going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think people see how much goes into what we show online. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the hype for me, I honestly don't really try to get to suck into the hype that people put around Boston because I don't want to get, I don't, I, I don't want to get big headed. It's very mm. easy to be like, you know, I got the best coffee and it's not like, <laughs> I to learn from my peers. Like, for example, you mentioned earlier, um, the two gentlemen from Black and Bold that are now in Target. I was able to meet one of the gentlemen at CultureCon. Super, super dope, dope dude. Like, oh, you know, God. he drank my coffee because I was vending at CultureCon and he just gave me so much motivation and inspiration. And he was like, yo, you're killing it. Like, and I think even for him, he was just like, Yes. Yet, like we need, we need, we need this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, black and bold for me is like, I want to get into target as well. I want to get into, you know, those, you know, the big chain stores. I mean, back to your question. Anyway, I kind of went off track. The hype does not match my bank account. <laughs> Thank you for saying that so transparently, because yeah. as you said earlier, sometimes social media and that perception of entrepreneurship makes people think that, yeah, I'm just going to quit my job and then all of a sudden I'm going to be okay. But there are harsh realities that you have to face when you decide to go down this path. And you don't want to neglect real life responsibilities in favor of whatever appearances you might see online. Yeah. Yeah. So how can we support you? Because you are doing some amazing things and we want to get you to the point where that hype does match your bank account. So how can we support you? My goal last year before Corona virus was I wanted to open up a coffee shop in Brooklyn. So that would have been amazing. I know. know, Right. So I was just like, you know, I really want to open up this coffee shop. I went and I was, you know, I even think I vlogged it. I was looking at spaces in Brooklyn and, you know, I did the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very expensive. It is very, very I heard some of the price tags and I was like, it's very expensive. So I decided on starting with a coffee truck. I'm like, okay, so I can see a coffee truck for 2021. um, And I feel like that will be the first step into getting a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. So um, right now I do have a GoFundMe happening um, where you can donate. Our goal is $20,000. Any donation helps. Um, So far I raised, I think, $230. Um, Okay, okay. Let's get you on your way. You know, I'm getting on my way. And I truly believe that, you know, I just want to go ahead and buy the truck 
So I truly believe that buying a truck and being able to be mobile and go to different places and it'll help with the brand equity. It will help with Mm -hmm. brand awareness and it can definitely help me get the money quicker for a coffee shop because, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to like feel discouraged about the coffee shop because of the price tag. And I felt like I was kind of feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of trying to find another route to the destination. Mm -hmm. Have you considered applying for funding or? um... Yes. So I have been like um, communicating with iFund Black women or iFund women. So I'm trying to see like, it's a lot of things that I can do, like um, funding for single mothers, Mm -hmm. for for small businesses. So I am looking into those things. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like I just, sometimes I feel like I'm not going to get no funding. I don't know why. Why not? I don't know. I don't know why I feel that way, but I'm going to, I'm, you know, doing my research and and getting it together. So, um, but I just feel like if I'm going to ask for funding or a loan, I feel like I want to say, listen, I have social proof that Mm -hmm. people want this coffee truck. People want this um cafe to happen because a lot of times the social proof needs to be there like okay Mm -hmm. so if i have that which i do i I feel like i do i'm on my way um that will that that it can happen like we can have our coffee truck in 2021 all right well we believe in it with you so i'll definitely put the gofundme link in the show notes and hopefully this community can be helpful to you so for anyone that's interested in also trying out your coffee where can they find you fly yes did you get your coffee yet i haven't checked the mail but we're not great about checking our mail these days we let it sit out there a while let the virus die (laughs) right hello um so if you want to try um our coffee you can shop bossblendcoffee.com um we have the culture blend, we have the anytime blend, and we have our single serve pour overs, which are a huge success. And we are launching a cold brew for the summer. So that's going to be really, really good. Yes, girl, that cold brew is going to be so good. So we're launching a cold brew. Um, so definitely shop bossblendcoffee.com for your coffee ritual. And then tell the girls about your podcast. Ciao. So I do have a podcast. It's the Brew Thoughts Podcast, a self-development podcast for the Black Millennial Woman. And um, it's now on a monthly podcast. It's now monthly. So um, the podcast is really just where I can be super candid. I curse a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> but it's like where I can really like, I feel be myself and not really worry about who's watching and who's, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like it's just a space where I can encourage, motivate, inspire, and um, share my story, share my thoughts, and um, just encourage Black women to really, like, believe in themselves and know that you can do anything you want. Mom, no, you you know, you can be a mom of 10, I don't care. You can be married. You can do whatever you want and still create the life that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely check it out Blue Thoughts Podcast and we're everywhere you stream your favorite podcast we all know it we all know it well <laughs> Fly I really appreciate your time today I love your story and I think our audience will love it too oh thank you so much I definitely appreciate it hi Offscripters I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode 
If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Off Script, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Off Script.com. See you on the next one.